bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. There are so many things going on right now in the world that I find, and many others I talk to, very disheartening. It's a really, I feel like it's an extra chaotic time. And then, of course, we just have our own daily lives that we're going through where we're, you know, pulled in a million directions. So I was so excited when I got the wonderful book, A Fierce Heart, Finding Strength, Courage, and Wisdom in Any Moment. It is by the wonderful Spring Washam, who joins us now. Hi, Spring. Hi. So great to be with you. It's so nice to have you on the show. What a great name, Spring. You know, I instantly think about rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> it's my real name. I, I promise you, I, I didn't name myself that. <laughs> I love that. You know, in the book, it's so nice because like I mentioned, we're going through all this and you yourself went through some tumultuous times, just like we all have. And it's so nice that you can share and help us learn and looking into Buddhism and looking at forgiveness and compassion and paying attention to our body and mind. I mean, there's so many things going on. In chapter two, answering the call, you write, there comes a time in life when you hear the great calling. This archetypal theme appears in stories, fairy tales, movies, and the great myths from around the world. Talk to us a little bit about this and, and what you mean by that. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite chapters in the book. And I called, you know, and I refer to the call as you, as I, I wrote about, I think what it is is when our lives are no longer working and we can't really pretend that they are and something is trying to emerge in us and we might be going along and doing what we've always done. We have our routine, but then it's like, it's as if life is trying to get our attention in some way. I think it's the call to a higher path. I try to describe it in that way and um, and maybe it, the call to a healthier lifestyle, to ending a relationship, to its movement forward. And it's sort of, it's the, the movement I think of the heart to, to grow and expand. And so I write about how sometimes it can take us in different parts of the world into different spiritual traditions. Maybe, you know, we start dancing or doing yoga or meditating and, I think I say it's the one call that you have to answer because it's your heart. Oh, definitely. You know, it's funny you say that because there was a, a pattern that I was in and I won't get into details, but it just, it wasn't a good pattern. And it was sort of my go-to thing when I was stressed out of this and that, and it wasn't serving me. And I, it's weird. It was like this switch finally went off where after doing this for so many years, I, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. I, and I just, I haven't, doesn't mean I won't slip up, but it, it just was really nice to just say, you know what, I need to change this and I need to be more aware and more mindful of what I'm doing. And if my life doesn't feel like it's going in the right direction, I need to make some changes. And sometimes you're, you're you know, there's certain things that you have and you have to do. And then there's other things where even if you're in a hard situation, you can try to look at it in a different, in a different way. Right. We have choices, which is really important to remind people. We are free, actually. You know, we're not of, um, you know, the only thing that rules us is our mind. And so I just like to just remind people that we can make choices. That's the one thing we have power over every day is how we live our lives, what we choose to do. Um, and we practice that. That's, I think, the whole path of awareness and mindfulness. And so that's great. Changing patterns. I often encourage people about that, too, that you know, with all this new brain research that comes, that's coming out in Buddhism and science is that we can shift. This is not, it's not a myth. It takes time. 
but we can transform and we can develop new habits and healthier ways of thinking and then living. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I, I should have mentioned in the beginning that you're a founding member and core teacher at the East Bay Meditation Center. You're a well-known meditation and Dharma teacher. Uh, you focus on social action and multiculturalism. I, per, per, I, first of all, I'm jealous because I love the East Bay. <laughs> I was from San Jose. <laughs> now I'm on the East Coast. So that must be nice. But, you know, I, I was reading that you left home at age 15 to get away from your mother's abusive boyfriend. That must have been so hard. Talk to us about that and how that experience shaped you. And there you made a choice, a hard choice, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a hard choice, but it was the only one it felt like in that of course. moment. And I I think in a lot of ways, um, you know, I'm really different than my mother. I'm very independent in a lot of ways. And I had a very strong drive to sort of discover the world and go out. The sad thing is when you're 15, you don't know anything. So therefore, you know, you create a lot of trauma and you go through a lot of things. But I think, you know, leaving and exploring my own, um, I guess my own calling in some way and wanting to live a healthier life and wanting to live in a healthier environment. Uh, so I did, I did, I left and I, I moved around and I, I sort of put myself through school and I grew up fast in a lot of ways and, and that helped and helped me in my life. And it always comes with difficulties. You know, there's always like, there's always this beautiful side and then there's always something really hard about it. So there was a lot of growing in that time and I write about that. Well, you know, we're talking today about how to cultivate a fierce heart, you know, and we've talked about, like we talked, you know, changing patterns and making hard choices. What are some other things that help us? And and what does the the term fierce mean to you in terms of a fierce heart? Well, you know, I got that question about the fierceness. What does a fierce heart mean? And I think what I'm referring to is the willingness to be present for whatever's arising, I think one of the, the big issues that um, people, you know, come to my classes with or share with me is all this anxiety and sadness and fear and loneliness in their lives. And there's something about the willingness to be present with it, to open to it. So we don't need to push things away. We don't need to feed things. But how do we learn how to be with, be with our bodies? learn how to find the stillness. And I I think of the meditation practices a way to find that stillness every day. And we opened our center in downtown Oakland because I was really, really interested in supporting urban communities with new kinds of teachings and using meditation as stress reduction to deal with poverty, to deal with violence, to deal with trauma. It was really an experiment. You know, we just kind of opened our doors in, in this urban community, and we're all based on generosity, you know, and everything's donation. And our community really responded, wanting ways to deal with their mind. So fierceness is a way that I consider a kind of radical presence, learning how to be still and feel, feel yourself, feel your emotions, be present. And that takes courage. You know, no, none oh, of us want to feel suffering or deal with our minds. So the fierceness is, is the slowing down, the willingness to be with what is here right now. Well, I'm so glad that you did that, that you opened the center and that you've had such a great response. What sort of changes have you seen in the people that have come through the center? 
Well, I think, you know, we work with all kinds of different people, and it often surprises people who walks in the doors. You know, we have many of our classes, there's no sign-up needed. You just come into one of our weekly groups, and, you know, you sit down. And, and so there's people from all walks of life, all backgrounds. Maybe some people look like gangsters, and other people are, you know, flamboyant. And it's just, it's it's the Bay Area, you know, it's San Francisco, yeah. Oakland, Berkeley area. Oh. And I think for the most part is I'm trying to, trying to help people deal with intense emotion skillfully, right? So people, there's a lot of rage and anger and sorrow and, you know, the political, uh, environment which we are in. It just kind of fans the flames of that. So really what I'm trying to do is just teach people how to calm their mind, be at peace, Stay in the present moment, become aware of what they're thinking, what they're focusing on, and develop um, real emotional intelligence so that they have more awareness, they have more freedom, they're not ruled by the stories in their mind. So more freedom, you know, more of a sense of inner peace, and it's amazing. Um, it's working. Oh, that is great. You know, it's interesting when you're talking about the mind and, and in the, in your chapter, Prison of the Mind, you talk about in the Peanuts cartoon how, you know, Charlie Brown goes to see Lucy and she basically, basically says, <laughs> Chuck, the problem with you is you. And he says, that's not a real answer. And Lucy says, I just point out the problem, Chuck. I don't give answers. And you say that, you know, that that is good news, that that is really helping us to have a path. And I always thought she was just a jerk. I mean, the football thing was mean. Let's, you know, that, that definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. cool. but, but this time I'm like, okay, I need to like, look what you've blown my mind. Like I have to look at Lucy in a whole new way now. <laughs> so talk to us about that. I'm so glad you included that story in the book. Well, Lucy, yeah, she had some, you know, she also <laughs> prided herself on being like kind of a therapist, right? She was always had yeah. a little advice, uh, you know, booth set up and yeah. And it, and, and that's the thing about it. It's a brutal kind of truth. The problem is yeah. it's me. You know, we don't want to hear that. We're like, it's you. It's this. It's that person yeah. <laughs> did that to me and, and that person. And when we have that kind of frame, we never really grow, right? We, we, we always, we, we never really grow up in a way. And so it's really hard to start teaching people. Like it's how it's our own mind. It's how we're perceiving situations and can we be with things how they are? Can we let go? Can we understand thoughts and emotions and how our thinking fuels our emotions and how we can de-escalate that, live more in the present? Um, it's a hard teaching when you start turning everything around to looking at it's my mind. It's not something that people want to do, but that's liberating because I don't have control over the political environment, you know, but what yeah, I, I do I have did. control <laughs> is what I'm thinking, my inner and political environment. What is my mind doing moment to moment that I have power over? And that to me was real freedom. I think so too. And you know, it, it it's interesting because in chapter six into the underworld, you write about you went to the rainforest after an intense three-month meditation in Massachusetts, and you said that you came face-to-face uh, with a lot of not-yet-processed trauma. 
And that's, I think, why we kind of keep ourselves busy. I know I did that for years, you know, because when I don't ever like to just sit and be quiet because on all just think about all these bad things. But once we can do that and, and you can't go around it, you have to go through it. So talk to us about how that forms you and, and that experience of, of you already a Dharma teacher and being like, wait a second, I still have all this stuff to deal with. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is that there's so many layers. You know, I work with a lot of other mm-hmm. well-known teachers and healers. And it's good for your audience to know that these people are not perfect. They're still in process. There's still layers coming off. I mean, we're all kind of like these wounded healers, right? We're just out there doing our best to serve and help and and still at the same time dealing oftentimes with our own um, trauma or our own hurts or our own relationships and learning how to do that with more mindfulness. So, uh, yes, I was already a teacher. I, w- I had already started our center in downtown Oakland. I was already uh, moving along, and I did. I went on this three-month, very intensive three-month meditation retreat, and towards the end of the retreat, I kind of fell apart, and I hit this all this trauma, and we know a lot more about trauma than we used to know. So this is about eight years ago, and how trauma affects people in meditation and how to work with it. We're learning every day. I think this is a new a new field of understanding of how to be in our body with trauma, post-traumatic stress, and all these different things, and the effect that it has on the mind, both energetically and mentally, and our emotions. So I, I just got so overwhelmed, and I, the teachers really couldn't help me because all they kept telling me was, just be with it, be present with it. But I was like, no, I was the first time I, there was something happening that I couldn't just be with. So I, I ran into a psychologist friend. I went home from the retreat in, in a really bad state. Um, I had vertigo and ringing in my ears, and I was emotionally kind of, I was just all over the place. And a friend of mine um, sh- shared with me working with these healers and working in Peru, and I really admired her. And so I started to go to work on my trauma and it was huge. And that has been a, that's been a big part of my life over the last eight years. Oh, that's so fantastic. Now, would you say that, uh, once you are able to meditate and be with your trauma and work through it, uh, whether you're working with a therapist or, you know, body worker, however you're working through it, I would assume the meditation gets easier because if you don't deal with it, it's just always going to be, you know, sitting there, right? And and making it hard. Yeah, it does get easier when we resolve these things in the mind because then it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Everybody would meditate for hours a day if their mind was happy and peaceful, right? Why wouldn't we? We want that, right? So we run because it's like it's, it's like a bad neighborhood, you know, our minds. We're yeah. like, no, I don't want to sit there. I don't want to go through <laughs> yes. that. So we eat, we get on the internet, we're incessantly yeah. busy. Um, and so a lot of it is that when we sit down, all the unfinished business of the heart comes up, right? And we don't know how to be mm-hmm. with that. And we have to kind of learn, I think, as a community that, the the goal is not to be comfortable all the time. It's not to suppress. We don't have to pathologize our emotions. What we need to do is just learn how to feel them, how to be with them, not act them out, not suppress, not feed, but learn how to be mindful of them. And this is a new way how to how to feel, how to be present with. 
And it and that that takes a ton of fierceness. It does. The spiritual path I tell people all the time, it's for warriors. It's not about being comfortable. You know, you have to be willing to feel. And if you're willing to learn how to do that, um, then the path to happiness is a lot more accessible because we know how to let go. More with Lisa Davis and Talk Healthy Today coming up. Do you have long-standing allergy and or asthma problems? Do you want to breathe easier and reduce your allergy and asthma symptoms? Tired of breathing aids that just don't work? Then let me introduce you to Molecule Air Purifiers. Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. What does that mean? Molecule erases the full spectrum of indoor air pollutants, including those 1,000 times smaller than what a HEPA filter can catch, so you can breathe easier and experience the life-changing effects of clean air. In fact, one customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Molecule has already helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions and significantly reduce their symptoms. So get Molecule and breathe easy. Order now and use code TALKHEALTHY for $75 off your first order. Visit Molecule.com and use code TALKHEALTHY to save $75. That's Molecule.com, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. Now back to Lisa Davis and Talk Healthy Today. Spring, we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to ask you about compassion fatigue. What is it? And uh, how do we stay mindful and still be compassionate? Because there's so, like, I, I mean, I opened the show by saying I'm overwhelmed by everything going on. Right. That's a huge one. I work with a lot of activists, community organizers, frontline workers, social workers, teachers, healers. And this is a huge issue. So when I teach compassion, this is a very important point to to be very clear about. I teach self-compassion. Most of us, I'm sure your listeners, we already know how to um, help people, be with them, serve. The most important thing that we need to focus on right now is compassion for ourselves. Often when people are doing compassion practices or they're in the world, they're not including themselves. They always say, I can love everybody but me, or I can help everybody, but when it comes to me, I'm really cold and um, not loving. So often the compassion practices that I teach are focused on being with ourselves, opening to ourselves, learning how to comfort ourselves, a lot of self-love. So compassion fatigue is really real. It's, it's when we just reach an overwhelm point. And at that moment, we need compassion more than any, anyone else in the world. It's like, I need it for me. And, um, People sometimes negate that for themselves. They say, well, no, other people are suffering more. But in that moment, it's so important that we're filled up with love and compassion. When we're out in the world serving, I always tell people, two scoops in, one scoop out, right? Two scoops of compassion for you, one scoop out, so that (laughs) we aren't getting burned out and that we're learning. So there's a lot of practices around that, but I want to encourage everyone to the focus Take a, take a few months and just focus on the compassion for yourself. And that alone alleviates the depths of our compassion fatigue. We need it and we're not 
knowing how to give it. So that's we really a very important practice. Oh, I completely agree. You know, I, I just want to end. I, I, I don't want to end. I want to talk to you all day, but I have to end with chapter five. I love remember who you are. Uh, a friend of me sent a photo of a beautiful star mm-hmm. twinkling in the night sky. I found an old picture of you. She wrote, here you are a trillion years ago. When a star explodes at the end of its life, it scatters its elements throughout the universe. And that's what forms planets. We're literally made of stardust. It really was a picture of me and of everyone. That is so beautiful. And I feel like it kind of wow. wraps up what we've been talking about so nicely. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like, there's a lot of stories and a lot of, um, yeah, little things like that throughout the book. But thank you. I've so enjoyed talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you all day as well. I know. You'll have to come back. <laughs> In the meantime, Spring, Anytime. tell us all the places we can find you. Well, you can find me on my website, which is www.springwashroom.com. Um, the book is available everywhere now. So Amazon or bookstores and yeah, and you know, you can just follow me on uh, social media, the YouTube channel, and I'll be putting out a lot more teachings on strength, courage, and wisdom. That's my focus these days. It's so needed. Oh, it really is. Well, I can't wait to have you back. I want to thank everyone for listening to uh, Talk Healthy today. And if you like the show, please rate and review and subscribe. And it, it makes such a difference, brings more people to the show. I want to thank everyone again. You can check me out on social media at Health Media Gal one uh, at Talk Healthy, the number two day and at Talk Healthy Today podcast on Facebook. Thanks. And be sure to cultivate your fierce heart. Stay well.